Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast. And yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. HappyHourLive.co.uk. See you in May. Oh, you're not. You're, 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 you're not allowed part of this. Yeah. Oh. Newspapers reported the discovery of a hodag in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It had the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, jab of the heart, thick short legs set off by huge claws, the back of a dinosaur, and a long tail with spears at the end. Is this an ad, is this an ad read for Logan Paul's eggs? <laughs> Jonathan Buck. That, what kind of voice does she want? I think she's not, a witch. not Brian Blessed. <laughs> yeah, I think it should be Brian Blessed. Yeah, yeah, she's Brian Blessed. Jonathan Buck. <laughs> Listen to these words. <laughs> there's not like any true good stories about the Loch Ness monster, other than people go, "Oh, there's a big monster." Speak for yourself. Nessie's got some bangers. <laughs> well, if we ever do a cryptid episode, I'll make sure we get Nessie on that. Okay. Okay. What, in the in studio? <laughs> <laughs> Come along. I'm sorry it's a bit hot, Nessie. We can't have the air conditioning on. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jack makes happy hour. Hello and welcome back. Spooky, isn't it? Jack makes happy hour podcast. I Ooh. thought you were doing like Babe Station. <laughs> I've not seen Babe Station for a few years, but is it, is it like that? Well, Jack's on it now. Really? Oh. Can you imagine me on Babe Station? Yes, I can. I'd make coin. Yeah. Kevin DeCoin. 
all, all pennies. <laughs> I think OnlyFans has probably seen off the bulk of Babe Station's business. Is Babe Station still knocking about? I, I can't know. imagine it is. No, it is. Is it? Probably. <laughs> probably. You, still get, confident, you still get these magazines, adult magazines in shops, don't you? If they're still going, Babe Station's still going to be going. Yeah, who's printing them? Companies. <laughs> Why? To sell in garages. The real question is who's buying them, I think. Would you? I think we spoke about this on the pod recently, yeah, actually. I think we did. Who's willing to model in them? Is it modelling? Shagging, isn't it? In a magazine? Just people getting their rats out in magazines. <laughs> 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 that makes no... If, if, you, if this is the first episode you've listened to, it's an old reference. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, fuck <laughs> me. Yeah, high energy. <laughs> that is bleak. So, look, the Can't reason... The third one we've recorded today. <laughs> This is the third episode we've recorded today in a very hot studio. Don't don't tell them that because then they're going to know that our energy's not here and then they're not going to enjoy it as I'm much. still no, high energy. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I'm going to explain it, why I'm like this. So this is the third one we've done today, which I don't mind. I can do three in a day. But they have decided to leave it to do an Urban Legends episode as the last one when Jack probably already can't be asked, and now he's not going to listen to me for the next two hours. Don't keep predicting how I'm going to be. I thought last time we did this, I had to sit there and not say a word for the whole one of your stories. Yeah, you did. And how'd that go? It was boring, wasn't it? People on Reddit yeah. were up in arms about it. <laughs> Reddit again? They really wanted more of me. When was the last episode you didn't mention Reddit? <sighs> 80s, wasn't it? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, <laughs> When Bert Bacharach was 41. <laughs> so niche. Such a weird reference. So, yeah, we're back with Urban Legends. For any... Um, Avid listeners of Happy Hour, you'll know that we've done about eight Urban Legend episodes before this mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be number five of our Urban Legends USA series, where we take five states in America in each episode and tell an Urban Legend from that state. Mm. USA, USA. Try and lift the mood. Right. Okay. I'm there. And um, any new listeners, if you don't know what an Urban Legend is, it's essentially a horror story that's been told over time. And they tend to have a link to a place or, um, let's give you an example, Slenderman is a bit of an Urban Legend. Where was he? Where did that originate from? Um, don't know. It was an art competition, wasn't it? Ruining it for you. Go back and listen to that episode. Uh, Bloody Mary. Yeah. So they're not, they're not all necessarily a place like these ones are, but they're, they're, it could be a very, very well-known story. You give us an example of one we've done in the past. Uh, Rougarou. Bollocks, that's what I had. <laughs> <laughs> that one really stood in the memory, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's funny because Rougarou Fest is still our, our dream of going to it. Yeah, still want to go there. Still, Mini Washer too. Yeah, oh, oh my yeah. God, he does listen. That was a good one. What was the big pillar they got hit by car? <laughs> Oh, I remember. Oh, the pillar of, yeah, it was like the pillar of something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and then it, it got crumbled. What? But yeah, basically they're just horror stories. There was a, there was a devil's chair. Yeah, in the graveyard. The petrified wood. What was that one Ariana Grande did? <laughs> oh, that was um, the church that had like yeah. had no roof. Yeah. And she said that as she got too close to it, the ghosts basically made her leave. Mm. Oh, memories. Okay, so. Can uh, I just say, by the way, like Halloween's obviously fast approaching, isn't it? Robbie, do you remember back to the last Urban Legends we did a few months ago? You actually did say that you'd dress up as a mini washer two for Halloween. I can't, literally cannot remember what a mini washer two is. I'm up for it. What is it? Oh, that was a salmon one. Yeah, you kept calling it a salmon. Oh, yeah, I'll be a mini washer two. It was like a salmon version of the Gruffalo. Okay. Yeah, I can't right. wait. Can't wait. And we don't put these clips on YouTube anymore, so it'll be all it be for us. nothing. We'll yeah. have to dress as other Urban Legends. Yeah, Bagsy Rugery. Okay. No, actually, I, 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 want, I, I want the petrified wood. <laughs> <laughs> Just come as a tree. I'll, I'll come as Bunny Man from That's Bunny good. Man Bridge. That's good. That's quite sexy as well. Like if you did that on Twitch, got your chebs out. 
Okay. In a hot tub. Jabs. <laughs> right. Okay, so we are on to um, the new ones today. That's an explanation. <laughs> it basically, Halloween's coming up, and I'm going <laughs> to. That's what you said, Brad. I know. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't get that, you've just gone, <laughs> sorry, he said rat. <laughs> yeah. I right. didn't say it. Hilarious. Right. Refresh. Um, so yeah, Halloween is coming up and I'm basically going to tell some horror stories, mm. if you can class them as that. They aren't necessarily stories, as I say that, but they are <laughs> things that happen in these locations that people get scared by and it makes them popular and people go and visit them. Love it. So we're going to start with Colorado. I went there just before lockdown, so I'm very excited by this lovely state. Looking forward to hearing what it has in urban legends just building up the atmosphere again okay good um, and in Play Colorado on. it's a place called Riverdale Road ooh spooky so this is a bit of a weird one to start on because normally I just tell you a bit about what it is like oh petrified wood was some if you take a bit of tree from this place you end up dying maybe really selling the old apps this one has one two three four five six seven different things along this oh. one road oh it's, a, it's, it's yeah. a very, very haunted road, apparently. Where is Riverdale Road? Is it in River? Is it a place called Riverdale, or is it? Was it near? Does anyone know anything about the location? Uh, I don't know. I, know I went to Colorado, Colorado once. I'm wondering if it's somewhere I went. This is like that movie in Insidious, where all the bad creatures all come back at the end. Is it? No, <laughs> I've never seen it. So I don't know. It might be. It's not. There's a Netflix series called Riverdale. Oh yeah, of course there is. Yeah. Don't know if it has anything to do with it, but this yeah, there's we'll a lot of scary stuff called River Phoenix. Yeah. There's a TV soap called Emmerdale. There was a fictional bird called a phoenix. Carry on, Stevie. So, Riverdale Road has endless ghost stories to tell, which is why these facts make it such a terrifying place to visit. I don't know why they called it facts. <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, like that, your own. that was a note to myself. Why the fuck have I written the word facts? Yeah. I didn't mean to. Joggers Hill is the first one. Legends say that a jogger was struck by a car while running along the dirt road. The jogger's ghost now haunts the road, seeking revenge on anyone who dares to get in the way. If you're interested in seeing this jogger for yourself, here's what you've got to do. Park your car at the top of the hill and turn off the engine and wait. It'll just go down, won't it? <laughs> oh, handbrake up. Yeah. <laughs> right, clarify, please. Yeah. Sorry, and put your handbrake on and wait. Right, don't worry, you're telling us, mate. I've got a driving license. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear disembodied footsteps getting closer and closer to your car with each breath. Valid question I've got here. How would disembodied footsteps sound any different to footsteps? They'd just sound like footsteps. Yep. That is a really good point of order. Thank you. Not as heavy? I've never had a footstep and go, that's heavy, that. It's got a body attached to it. That's yeah, it's a full body footstep, that. Yeah, just you... ask a quick question, just to go, go back a little bit. Um, jogger, do we know when this jogger was killed? No. Because I, I wonder when jogging started. It doesn't seem like it'd be the kind of thing that would have happened in Dickensian times or something. I mean, it feels like it's something that maybe started in the 80s. Yeah, it's quite a trendy thing. Or something. Yeah. I don't think people just went... What, why, when do people start doing keep fit stuff? Well, why couldn't it have happened recently? It might, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, it could. It was in the 80s. Good. You made that up? Yep. You'll hear footsteps getting closer and closer to your car with each breath. Many people have claimed that this jogger has kicked and pushed on their cars, while others say that there have been handprints left on the outside of their windows. But whatever you do, don't let the jogger reach the driver's side of the car. Otherwise, it could be the very last thing you do. So that's the first thing. Yeah. 
Well, what happens? He comes in the car and kills you. Yeah, I, that's what I got from it all. Right. The hands left on the car, that's a common thing anyway. Like, I've gone up to my car before and there's been a handprint on it. I've gone, who the fuck's done that? Like, yeah, but that just means someone's touched your car when they're not about, doesn't it? Yeah, but they're saying if you go there and your car's clean, you stop at the top yeah. and then you turn your engine off and then when you drive off, you'll look back and you'll go, oh, fuck, someone's so You've got to go down the shell garage through the car wash on your way to make sure it's accurate, otherwise... Well, yeah. guys, if we do an American tour, we go to Riverdale Road and we test all of these. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. The next one is um, slightly worse. The gates to hell are there. What? Yep. So the man who built the gates lost his mind when he finished building them and he burnt his entire mansion with his family asleep inside and he was never caught or put on trial. Witnesses report that a lady in white walks the road by the gates. It's assumed that it's his wife and she searches the streets for her murdered children or even her husband. She might be out for revenge, but the most she's ever done to visitors is appear in the rear view mirror as they pass by, longing for help that never comes. The guy that burned down the house. He's disappeared. He disappeared. He was never caught. No. Never trialed. No. How do we know it was him that burned down the house? Well, a house has been burned down and the owner of the house has disappeared and never been seen again. Circumstantial. I've heard that said in things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If he goes to court, he might get away with it. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, that one, that one, there's not too much that's bad there. Obviously, a man who burned down his wife and his kids. I mean, the gates to hell, it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like these are the gates to hell. It just seems like there's some gates. Yeah, that are yeah. burned down. But there's a woman outside it who's just walking about, but she doesn't do anything wrong to you. Well, However, not there at least. Because there is a hitchhiker there who always needs a ride. What? What? The, the, what? This is fact. On the same road. This is what. There's a guy. If I go there now, there's a hitchhiker there. Almost everyone grows up being told that if you ever see someone on the side of a road with their thumb out, they're asking for a ride that you probably shouldn't give. You never know who or what could be jumping into your car. And for those who felt compassion for the young woman in white who walks Riverdale Road at night, they've pulled over and had quite the experience. Oh, <laughs> uh, serious out. It's Stan Collymore. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like talking. <laughs> yep, we got it. We got it. We got it. As soon as they open the passenger door, she disappears, leading you to ask what she really wanted. So needy. What you really want? <laughs> Ghosts swing from the trees. America has a long and dark history of abusing slaves while it was legal to own them, and there's plenty of creepy locations to go and check out if you're touring the southern locations. Colorado, though, has its very own history that isn't typically talked about when discussing American history. Slaves live there too, especially along this road, Riverdale Road. It's said that on some nights you can see their bodies hanging from the cottonwood trees if there's a full moon out. There's a lot going on in on this one road. There's quite a there? lot, yeah. Nothing funny, though. Which <laughs> <laughs> is disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, there's, so there's a road. Yeah. And there's seven urban legends that all derive it's from just, said road. Yeah, a road full of horrors. So you've had the jogger who's yeah. coming up to your car. The gates are hell. The gates are hell. The, the woman who wants a hitchhiking ride. Yeah. And the ghost hanging from the trees. Right. The next one is the bloody handprints that appear on the signs there. Hmm. There's a spirit that dwells along Riverdale Road that used to be a young boy. And while on his way to school, he got hit by a car. Now he paces the streets relentlessly at night, smearing his bloody handprints on every street sign as he walks by them. But by the morning, the prints are always gone. Is that someone else who's been hit by a car? Yes. Yeah, so they need to get, like, a speed bumps. 
on Riverdale Road. It's a really yeah. windy road, right, so you can't see around the corners. So is Mousehold though in Norwich, but where's their man prints? <laughs> man prints. Hand prints. <laughs> I don't know. Norwich doesn't have the same kind of stories. I will look for a Norwich urban legend. Yeah. There is a ghost tour you can do in Norwich. Is there? It starts at the Adam and Eve pub. Oh, the oldest pub in the country, I believe. Or the in third, Norwich? Third oldest. Is it a good country? Yeah. Hmm. A phantom Camaro patrols the road. So the issue with Riverdale Road that led to its haunted history is that it has seemingly endless blind corners. So if a driver is in a rush, those blind corners can result in death. One driver in the 70s was zipping down the road, impatiently testing fate with their gas pedal when they had a fatal crash. Now, if you drive down the street during night or day, a phantom Camaro with one working headlight might pull up behind you, challenging you to a race with no happy ending. What kind of race is this? Right, oh. I think this is a scary place to be, not because of any of the urban legends, but because of this appalling driving, where there's every day just mowing down joggers, kids, yeah. crashing you, racing you. It's but then you do get wanked off after. You don't even get wanked off. <laughs> so it's not the scariest place to be. <laughs> yeah. I'll take my chances. <laughs> and then the final one is Native American shapeshifters roam the road. The thing about Riverdale Road is that it isn't just the road itself that's haunted. It's the area of land that it cuts through. For hundreds of years, there have been stories about Native American shapeshifters roaming the land, so now they appear on the road. They can take different shapes and communicate with people in their own ways, so if you plan to visit, be on the lookout for any unusual activity. It could be the shapeshifters playing tricks on you. What are shapeshifters? People that can change, change their shape. things. So right. I could like turn into Fiona and then go, oh, come here, Jack. And then I could romance you. And Here's then you go, ah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was me who sucked you off. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Great prank. <laughs> I'll have to look at Robbie's yeah. rat. <laughs> Where were we? That, well, that was all of the things. That feels like a fever dream to me, to be honest, all of that. Yeah, and the issue with it as well normally I want to be able to go along with these this one has all of those things and I went to so many different websites and they all just said the same kind of shit about it like those were the things every day yeah burned down his house did this someone got hit by a car there's a jogger but it just seems like one thing happened there and everyone just built stories off of it because the road's quite long mm. so the only explanation I actually have for it is that there was a fire on that road in 1975 but nobody was killed in the fire and nothing bad happened at right. all right so yeah, it just looks like people made up the stories after the fire happened. I've not been to every Urban Legends episode, but I've been to at least two. Like I think I've had. This is by far the shittest story. It's not yeah. the best. I don't really get it. Because it, nothing online suggests that it's even remotely real. Yeah, there's okay. the, there's the, there's like Urban Legends often like even though they're all bollocks, they have a, like an origin where you can see where it stemmed from, you can see the yeah. seed. There's seven things there. It's just all mixed up. It's like a traffic accident thing. They should put one of those yeah. signs up. Accident well, black spot. You yeah. say that, all of the things about people getting hit by cars, I couldn't even find any proof of that. So, so it just, might be an absolutely fine area to drive through. It's just stories. What's the road look like? Just a bit of a windy road. Lots of blind spots. Like a lot of there's a lot of trees knocking about. What even couple side? of houses, yeah. Is it like a wood? Yeah, kind of. So yeah, that that's pretty much it. The David Walpert house, there was a fire and that that then but there's nothing nothing around it. So we'll do you want to do your scareability and zero zero and yeah, believability. believability. It's a road. There was a fire there once. Eight. 
<laughs> no, because you've got to say other things. Believe There's that. ghosts zero. and stuff, Zero. Yeah. Zero for everything. So you'd feel confident going down that road yeah. if I'd we walk, go to America? I'd walk down that whole road on my own with, with nothing about. I'd be slightly worried about the traffic safety. That's the only thing. Yeah. yeah. It's about 11 miles long or something, I swear. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll run it. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Okay, I'll go on to one that you guys will enjoy more because I know how much you like your beasts. <laughs> we do like our beasts. We are into beasts. I don't think rat falls under the category beasts. <laughs> so this one is in Indiana and it is called the Green Clawed Beast. What's it about? <laughs> we'll find out, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I'm just keen. I'll let you know how much I like my beast, Steve. You're, you said it yourself. You're excited there. I've just I seen am. your petrified word. <laughs> Get your rigor out. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go a bit scarier for this one because you guys didn't like the first one. <clears throat> it's nothing on you though. No, well you did pick it, and yeah, the choice of literally any state because you didn't name one, so it is a bit on you. The green clawed beast. Oh. It was a very hot summer in Evansville, Indiana. It's like I'm watching in... Babe Station. <laughs> See, it's hard, isn't it? It was a very hot summer. <laughs> <laughs> summer word. In Evansville, Indiana in 1955. Several days of humid 95 degree unrelenting heat had driven local residents out of their homes, which were, at the time, not air conditioned. Sorry, I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> there were no Dyson Airblades in sight. <laughs> I'm starting to get a feel for what how these guys felt, actually, in the studio. <laughs> they found relief anywhere they could, and that's what sent Naomi Johnson and her three children and Naomi's friend Louise Lamble to the Dogtown area of West Evansville to swim in dog the pool. Dogtown? That sounds fucking... Is that Rookaroo Fest all over again? Dogtown would be great. Don't be at a Dogtown. You can have a good night out at Dogtown. <laughs> Shenanigans go to Dogtown. So it's, it's the Dogtown area of West Evansville to swim in the cool water of the Ohio River. It was August 21st, 1955. Is this state Ohio? Is this the one you're doing now? Yeah, uh, Indiana. Indiana. It's the Ohio River. So oh, okay. Through. And also, I should have started, this is a true story. 
Okay. Oh, all right, I'm in. The Ohio can look intimidating and sometimes a bit frightening. However, the Big River is only about 15 feet deep at Evansville, and after it turns north and makes the big loop downtown and heads south, it's moving at only about one mile an hour. That made the Dogtown area of the river very smooth and welcoming on that hot summer day. Naomi Johnson paddled in the calm water about 15 feet from the shore while her children sat with her friend, who was catching a few rays on the shore. The scene couldn't have been any more peaceful. Stingrays. And then it happened. Naomi suddenly arched her back and began splashing in the water. Something had wrapped around her knee. It felt like a very large hand. She would later describe it as hairy and claw-like. Whatever it was pulled her under the surface where she kicked it away and bobbed back to the top of the water. She took a huge breath and screamed just before the creature again latched onto her leg from behind. Naomi was able to grab an inner tube that the ladies were using as a float. As she tried to climb on board, Naomi pulled away from the creature's grasp and made it a few feet to the shore. Naomi Johnson was safe, and when medical help arrived, she was treated for cuts from her knee down to her ankle, but authorities could not remove a strange blue-green stain in the shape of a hand. The impression was approximately the size and shape of a large hand and remained on Mrs Johnson's leg for several days. Bruise, isn't it? It was something they couldn't clean off. A short time after the sighting, a man claiming to be an Air Force colonel came to Johnson's house and instructed her to never speak of the incident. Well, she there ignored f- that, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> if it's got to us in Norwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is spread like Chinese don't, whispers. Don't get her any secrets. Straight Yeah. There have been no reported sightings since. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but the urban legend we did in Kentucky was about those um, Hopkinsville goblins where the family were like shooting at these aliens for a few hours. Can you remember that? No. Oh, well, we did one about these like goblins that were aliens that apparently came down. This happened exactly 40 years to the day of that. So people are thinking that the creature under the water is one of the same type of aliens. It'd be weird though, wouldn't it? Because if them creatures do exist, why why are they only coming out in 40 year cycles? Maybe they get tired. Huh? Yeah, they're just knackered. <laughs> just, oh, recover. Try to grab them, but failed. We went another 40 years. <laughs> Get the energy back up. But Baccarat was one when that was four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's weird, yeah. I think it's I think the greeny blue mark was probably a bruise. Okay. So what what was pulling her under? I think she got a leg caught in reeds. Yeah, I think she got a leg like a fish pulled her under. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's was, was just funny because I just tried. When I thought fish, I thought goldfish. How's <laughs> <laughs> that doing it? But yeah, or oh, an eel. An eel. They're green and blue. Yeah. It is an eel. Maybe someone had painted an eel, put it in, the paint came off on her. Yeah. <laughs> it was a painted yeah. eel. People got fucked up at Rougarou Fest. Yeah. Threw in a painted eel in yeah. the water. Yeah. And if I know Rougarou Fest, that's the kind of shit we get up to there. <laughs> Off our nuts on blue and green eels. Right. So you, um, what are you saying about the person coming to the house and saying don't talk about that? Uh, he was. He said he was a colonel. Right. That's it. So so people are kind of going, oh, is he like one of the men in black? Oh, stopping stopping people from talking about aliens that are dragging people underwater. What evidence do we have from this? You said it's a true story. Is there like, how do we know it's a true story? Because it was in the news and stuff, so that that whole thing, that whole story is true. It's just what pulled her under the water. Okay. So like, what? Is... Naomi Johnson's a real person, and she did actually get dragged under the water by something that day. So people witnessed this happening. Yes. Okay. 
Well, she did. <laughs> yeah. But, well, yeah. no, someone had to throw her the life ring for her to oh, get out of the fair water. Fair play to them. Okay, right, yeah. Fair play to them. I think it was a big eel. Okay. That slapped her in the leg. <laughs> and then she... Hand-shaped, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, hand-shaped, wasn't it? Hand big shaped. newt. Starf- starfish. Starfish. Oh, star- starfish stuck to an eel because of pollution. they got those, you know, those things that hold cans together? Yeah. That to One got stuck around there, so they're attached. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. That's what it's happened. the oldest story in the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want an explanation for this one? Well, we need something. Yeah. So I am, I am dying to know. So there are some prehistoric-looking fish called garfish that can grow really big and possibly end up in this river. And in the 1950s, there were some spotted in that water. There is another thought about what the lady saw in that day, and it's that back in 1954, so a year before the film The Creature from the Black Lagoon was released, and the ladies might have seen that, we don't know. In The Creature of the Black Lagoon, there is a huge green monster with claw-like hands that attacks young women when they swim. Just young women? Well, that's what this, that's what the thing said. Not very PC uh, of the creature. No. But then also... So the they call sequel- it the fish. Bleep that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to The Creature of the Black Lagoon, Revenge of the Creature, came out a few weeks before they went to Dogtown and this happened. So they could have been just their brains if she might have been pulled down by like seaweed or something and then um, Jack and I were kind of right here it was a fish yeah and, and it could be my seaweed reeds type thing potentially yeah. well that's what the garfish looks like by the way look at that it's a fucking beast that and that one bottom left there it's got looks like it's got hands oh yeah no it does look like it's got hands so I don't want to slag the garfish off right but Garfish did it. Garfish definitely did it. Well, it then says, uh, <laughs> a lot of weird things have happened along that river, but the case of the green-clawed beast seems to be a case of a misinterpretation of a real event that was then exaggerated by years of retelling. So mm. it did happen. She did go under the water and stuff, but people over time have gone, oh, it's the green-clawed beast. Garfish. Um, the Ohio River has a deadly undertow, and that may have been responsible for what was pulling her under the water. Is that like a current? Yeah. Yeah. So it could like swoop you round and then you'd go under rather than but just where's with the, it. But where's the big amprint come from? So the river bottom is littered with loads of um, like cast off fishing line and other debris as well as trash as it had busy shipping traffic that moved along that river. Um, the blue stain that couldn't be cleaned from Johnson's leg, it was tested and shown to be mud from deep caves beneath the river and probably stirred up by boat traffic or other very natural underwater movement. Right. So she's been uh, a garfish has swam past there. She's been caught in the undercurrent. I don't know if a garfish has anything garfish to do with it. Garfish did it. Garfish look, is definitely involved. Look at his face. Yeah, look, look at that fish and tell me that's not been a sneaky bastard. Yeah, that's not an innocent looking fish. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that, that whole story is something did happen, that Naomi Johnson, whatever, she did actually get pulled under the water, but over years people have just gone, the green-clawed monster. That's called It's Time to End the Gar Wars, and I've never wanted to know more about something yeah. than I, I do. Like, right. I don't suggest we stop the Everledger podcast for a bit <laughs> and see what article that is. That's, I'm not, no disrespect, Stevie, but I'm more interested in the thing that's on the screen now. I've recently expressed hope on this blog that attitudes are changing about the native fish, that ang- <laughs> anglers are conservationists uh, and conservationists are valuing the whole of freshwater diversity. Not uh, uh, photo showing piles of dead native fish, especially gar, a toothy predator that has long suffered from angular prejudice. That's pretty amazing. We managed to find an article more boring than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to it. Carry on, yeah. please, Stevie. The article implies that removing predators <laughs> like gar is good for the river. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so the next one is... How do you take offence at us reading an article about garfish? You don't like gar? I just did a story. What have we got against garfish? They pulled Naomi Johnson under the water. Okay, fair point. Do you know how, how you, you, you catch them? How? <laughs> On Garth Crooks. <laughs> what? There's a full panda called Garth Crooks. I'm trying to do, do it. You know, Garth do, you know, do you know where the best place to go fishing for them is? No. Next, next to the river in the Garfield. <laughs> terrible. Not Garth Crooks. <laughs> do you know what happens if you're an intruder and you steal loads of them? You're a Garfader. <laughs> Sorry. You're a what? Garfader. You're like invading on the Gar. You're a Garth Vader. Surely that works better with Star Wars. Yeah, Gar Wars, Wars. Garth Vader. Gar Wars. Yeah. 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 Now, we're, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Apollo, email me. Don't email me. I won't get it. <laughs> email someone else. <laughs> so the next one, uh, we'll go over to Maine. Is that it, that one? That was it. So we have to give it a score, don't we? Oh, yeah. Fuck. It was a fish it was in a the fish. water. The, the issue the issue with doing every single state is that some of them are just shit. I'm sorry. People people in that state try to do it to get tourists to come and go, ooh, is there a creature in the water? Well, if we do a US tour and we go to every state, we're going to have to go and look at a little gar. There's not like any true good stories about the Loch Ness Monster other than people go, oh, there's a big monster. Speak for yourself. Nessie's got some bangers. <laughs> well, if we ever do a cryptid episode, I'll make sure we get Nessie on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> what, in the in studio? <laughs> <laughs> Come along. I'm sorry it's a bit hot, Nessie. We can't have the air conditioning on. <laughs> right. That's a good impression. Yeah, that was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, believability. Four. No, no, well, I mean, it's believable because yeah. the actual story that you told us wasn't believable, but the accurate explanation you had is completely believable. <laughs> So, I don't know, what do you want to rate? The story or the... <laughs> the urban legend. The urban legend. Uh, <laughs> just going to say a number. Four. And scarability. Again, more scary about the undertoes <laughs> in the river, the actual reality. I mean, Neil. Well, imagine you were in that water and you suddenly started getting pulled below. It would be scary, yeah. Two. And it feels like a hand. Or oh, in that case, three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> God's sake. Okay. I've got a really good one to end this as well. This is a really risky tactic, that, isn't it? Really risky. Because <laughs> that is this could backfire massively. We're not even moaning about the, the stories, really. And I, I can already tell how fume and red it is. I love it. They're not listening to the stories. We are. We're taking them in. I'm enjoying it. Didn't know you've been on Reddit. <laughs> I never got on it. Okay, so the next one is in Maine, and it's Colonel Buck's tomb. Is this the same colonel that went to the other person? <laughs> no, he gets. How do you know? The last one was just cited as Colonel, so um, this could be the same one. Because this know guy that. died in the seventies, right? Seventeen okay. hundred. Sorry. Oh fuck it. Seventeen hundred seventies. Yeah, very important to put the seventeen before the seventies. Famously, when Bert that yeah. was two months. Yeah, is that like a time time episode? I like to go back to the sixties. Great, the twelve sixties is. <laughs> Don't, don't. <laughs> okay. I won't then. I'm we're, debating it for a second. We're absolutely giddy, aren't we? Okay, Colonel Buck's tomb. <clears throat> Colonel John. <laughs> it's going to get really scary. I'm hard. Colonel Jonathan Buck was the founder of a town called Bucksport, Maine, known as Buckstown, during his life. <laughs> 
<laughs> Named it after himself. This is a real guy. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's how they used to do back in the day. Just name it after themselves, isn't it? Isn't this it? isn't yeah. the 1700s. It's not that, that garfetched. <laughs> Go on. Colonel Buck founded the town in 1763, and he was a well-known war hero. For most of his life, he was an admired town leader. However, there were some dark things looming in his past that have followed him to his grave. As the legend goes, Colonel Buck, in his time as a justice of peace, condemned a woman to be burned alive because she had committed sorcery. Oh, what's that? Like witchcraft. Okay. All was ready and the hangman was about to perform his gruesome duty when the woman turned to Colonel Buck and raising one hand to heaven, as if to direct her last words on earth, pronounced this astounding prophecy. Jonathan Buck. (laughs) What kind of voice does she want? I think she's not, a witch. not Brian Blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it should be Brian Blessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's Brian Blessed. Jonathan Buck, <laughs> listen to these words. <laughs> okay, I need a. I just do. Jonathan Buck. No, she, she's a witch, and she's doing she's this angrily. She's yeah. a bit witchy. Uh, Jonathan oh. Buck. That's Marge Simpson. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I can do that. <laughs> Jonathan Buck, <laughs> listen to these words. That's quite good. <laughs> the last my tongue shall utter. It is the spirit of the only true and living God which bids me to speak them to you. You will soon die. Over your grave they will erect a stone that all may know where the bones of the mighty Jonathan Buck are crumbling to dust. But listen. Listen, all ye people. Tell it to your children and to your children's children. Upon that stone will appear appear the imprint of my foot. And for all time long, long after your accursed race has perished from the earth, the people will come far and near, and the unborn generations will say, there lies the man who murdered a woman. Remember well, Jonathan Buck. Remember well. That was really good. You could be a t- yeah, I, good TV. I was going to say Shakespearean actor. That was really good. Yeah, I'll take I that. Properly yeah. bought into that. Then I you was see more acting of the characters in this. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll go through some real effort for the other ones. Disclaimer, because I try and listen to these now since about episode five. I tuned in. Good, but I was too in- involved in the in the in the storytelling. Also, than a little story. bit. Yeah. Okay, so basically, and why did he ever? How did she know he had racist parents? No, it raised. Said. <laughs> I thought that first as well. <laughs> it wasn't racist parents. It raised, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, was it? it raised. Not a racist. How did I get parents then? Because uh, I said children and children's children. So maybe you're going from that. No, it said, basically, I, said th- I thought phrase. it sounded racist, but I know what you were saying. Oh. Yeah. Basically, she said, you're about to kill me. Yeah. And my foot will appear on your tomb. Race has perished. <laughs> oh, race has perished. the race has been perished. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So he's about to kill her, and she's saying, "If you do this to me, or when you do this to me, I'm going to curse you, and you'll forever be known as the man who killed me." So when you die, the tomb that's erected above your grave will have an imprint of my foot on it forever. Why a foot? So there's versions of the story that have her leg falling off when she's being burnt <laughs> alive. Her leg falls off and falls out of the fire. So then that's why. But Colonel Buck then did go on to die in 1795. And in 1852, his grandchildren erected a grand monument near his gravesite. And shortly after it was installed, a strange image or like a stain did appear on the grave. And it seems to depict a woman's leg and foot. Right. Can we see a picture of that? Yeah. Fiona, just search Colonel Buck. Colonel Buck tooth, please. 
Colonel Buck's tomb. So this is this is a real tomb. If you go to Maine, you can you can go and visit this tomb. Oh, there's a foot on it. Yeah, so right below his name there, you can see. Right. And they've tried to scrub it off. They cannot get rid of it. They've tried and tried again. There's no way to get rid of that mark. It does look like a foot. And that mark's been on there since the 1800s. Because if that was a drip, why would it suddenly take a little turn at the end? Yeah. Mm. I am... Um... Can I say that this woman, or do we know her name? It just says a witch. So the witch, I think she's overestimating how good her threat is here. She's got, oh, you better not kill me or else. Oh no, what's she going to do? Curse my family? I'm going to make like a footprint on your grave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's right, all right, well, carry on and kill her then, because that's shit. <laughs> so, I, guess, I guess what's happening there is that he's known as this like really well-known man in the community. He's very respected. So what she's trying to do is basically ruin his uh, legacy. What so like anyone who now thinks of Colonel Buck think, well, he's the guy that murdered a woman for no reason. Right. and we're Especially supposed- now that we know that witchcraft isn't, real yeah well speak for yourself i don't want anyone any footprints on my bed when i get home <laughs> fuck that but like when she's come to put a footprint there yeah you think for power she'd just put the sole of her foot down bang like that but she's just rested her foot sideways yeah the tomb. not as effective no love <laughs> love <laughs> so how do you guys feel about that story uh, why well, yeah, I think yeah, so bang on there. So there is something oh, a weird good story. There is I like, something yeah. I dislike about it, and it's just that it's just like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, just a foot on a grave. It's, it's a shit threat. Like it doesn't say anything about the tomb. Like if you go and visit the tomb now, there's mm. no like legend that says if you go there at night, mm. you'll get attacked yeah. by her foot. Just one foot like, on the grave. I guess. And also, it's like you'll get this foot on my grave. I guess oh, I'm about to die now. Oh no no no! When you die of natural causes after living a long and successful <laughs> life, then after yeah. you're dead, all oh, right, it doesn't really affect me then because I'll be dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So believability. 10. What do you think a, a witch has put a... F- I believe f- she said this. Well, no, no, okay, maybe not 10. 10 sounds like it's real. I think this is uh, this is one of the more... Like, there is a thing there. Yeah. But it does sound like the kind of thing there. It's just a bit weird and pointless. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely the best story so far today. But yeah, the foot on the grave. Uh, I'm going to give it believability 7. And then scarability... Zero, not because we're not like because it is a yeah. shit threat. Okay, I think that's a good, I'm gonna I'm gonna copy his score. Seven nil. So seven for believability. Nil for scarability. Okay, well that's good because um, believability should be zero. So he is a real man. That was his job role. However, research suggests that there's no basis for the legend at all. So it's been noted that there's no record of anyone ever being executed by burning in Maine. Um, and oh, hang on, you said hangman as well when you're telling the story. Yeah, that's still what they call them for people who burn them. Do they? Still called a hangman, yeah, the person who kills them. Is it? Yeah, because that whole piece that I just took is actually from Maine's official website. What, Maine.com? <laughs> no, but like... Maine.net, it's, it's something. <laughs> it's something from their website that for the, like, the tourist board of Maine have that on their website, that story. Main.gov. Yeah, so where he was justice of peace. Um, if you're justice of peace, you don't have the right to sentence anyone to death. So he would have never been able to go, okay, you're a witch, you're dying. Right. Uh, the witch trials that were in New England happened 25 years before he was even born. Witch trials for that? The witch trials. Witch ones? <laughs> <laughs> Buck was admired by soldiers who served under his command and there's letters from him to his wife in his handwriting, promising eternal affection. So he just seemed like an actual all right guy. So sound, sound guy, actually. Which yeah. on. But then there is the leg. So attempts have been made to remove it, 
but it always returns. So when they scrub it, it looks like it's gone. And then you go back next day, the leg's still That's there. That's quite cool. But that, but that is a bit like the mould in my house. <laughs> like you rub it, it goes, and then it comes back. So maybe okay. it's just the mould. Mold. Yeah. It, it does say that over the years, people who know about like monuments and shit like that <laughs> have explained that the image is a result of a natural flaw in the stone. Something like a vein of iron, which darkens through contact of oxygen. So every time they clean it, as soon as oxygen touches it again, yeah. it just creates the same thing. It should be instantly, wouldn't it? Yeah, once it dries. Yeah. So yeah, that's the explanation is basically that, no, it is absolute bullshit. Mouldy gravestone, that one, isn't it? Would you like a creature one? And I can uh, on this one, I can describe what the creature looks like, which I know you guys liked in the mini-washer Interested yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or would you like the one um, which has two stories attached to it so they're not stories i've written they're ones that i'm just gonna read out to you in the voices the one with least stories yeah i'm i'm, I'm very much the jack so i imagine saying we are team creature here team creature okay why can't we have both i've got a picture of the creature as well oh well describe it first yeah because this is okay. an audio podcast. <laughs> no we're gonna do both <laughs> yeah okay. i'm just starting with this one what's the best one i like the one with the two stories all right save that so we'll save end it. on it save it so this one is wisconsin mm. oh the rhinelander hodag say that again <laughs> The Rhinelander Hodag. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a stroke. Huh? <laughs> of Wisconsin. In 1893, newspapers reported the discovery of a Hodag in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It had the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, jab of the heart, thick short legs set off by huge claws, the back of a dinosaur, and a long tail <laughs> oh, with spears at the end. Is this an ad, is this an ad read for Logan Paul's eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the description of it? <laughs> Do it again. Go, go. Froghead. The head of a frog. <laughs> the grinning face of a giant elephant. Mm. Wait. The head of a frog. But the grinning face of a... So the outside is like just a green outside of a Reptilian head. shell. Yep. Face. It's a trunk. Thick short legs that <laughs> were set off by huge claws. So big stumpy little legs, big long claws. Yep. The back of a dinosaur. It's a skate, it's like spiky bits. Spiky, there I was think. a lot of dinosaurs. Can you specify which one? Uh, Stegosaurus. I got you. I'm with you. And a long tail with spears at the end. Actual spears? Are you showing us now? Oh, for fuck's sake. Where's the elephant there? I can't see any elephant in that. That is proper shit. Where's the elephant in that, Stevie? Show me. I think it's just a big head. Well, no, it's a frog head. There's no trunk. Yeah. Without a trunk, an elephant's <laughs> fuck all. <laughs> that's the only, <laughs> yeah. that's the only bit. thing an elephant is unusual yeah, is a trunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ever got a trunk, how's that an elephant's face? I've never seen someone and gone, you've got an elephant's neck. No, it said grin. <laughs> grin? grin? I don't know what you've got to hidden by a fucking trunk. I've never seen an elephant. <laughs> What's that? If you ever, uh, to be fair, I did go down um, the uh, comedy store and there were kind of elephants on a stag doing it when they were laughing at the jokes and didn't recognise the big grin. Well, you saw elephants? No, or? I didn't. I just didn't. <laughs> They were, I have no idea what you're going on about. I'm just doing shit elephant. When we, when we made our own like perfect cities, I want one of my pubs to be called The Elephant's Grin. <laughs> okay, you can. I like it. What, what other pub names would you... <laughs> I don't do that the reports were instigated by well-known and respected Wisconsin timber cruiser Eugene Shepard. What's a timber cruiser? I want to be one of them. I, I can guess. I think mm. it's like I said to you earlier, Stevie, like logs going down the river. Oh, and they, they're in charge of making the timber go down the river, maybe. Maybe. He oh, we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the irrelevant part of the story. Oh, we like no, a pub no, quiz. The irrelevant part was the face. 
Timber Cruiser. Oh, there we go. Oh, what? That's a beer, that. Job. A Timber Cruiser. No, it's a simple measurement. Timber cruising jobs. What is it? Forestry. Cruising is the process of measuring forest stands to determine, st obtain a volume estimation to a... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Working I out how many tree trunks you got. He does shit with trees. Counts trees. But he's very respected. Oh, he's a good one. Eugene Shepherd. So he rounded up a group of local people to try and capture the hodag. Can you say local people anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say timber cruiser anymore? <laughs> When he says well-respected, is this in terms of timber cruisers? Because I can't imagine some bloke who counts trees for work could be that well-respected. I think it's just, a, I don't know, it's in 1893. But also that well-disrespected. I've never seen one and gone, you're, you're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so, he went to go and find this hodag um, with some people from where he lives. What's lived. a hodag? I've just explained it's it to thing. you. It's the thing, it's the thing that's not an elephant. <laughs> It's, it's the thing that looks like an elephant without a trunk. It's the era. <laughs> How it's have the... I got this far into the Rhinelander hodag for you to say what's a hodag? What's a Rhinelander? Yeah, I was waiting to see what a Rhinelander was. Rhinelander's a place in Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, yeah. And the hodag's the elephant that looks nothing like an elephant. So the group reported that they would need dynamite to kill the beast. Can so I dress up as... Sorry, Stevie. Can I dress up as the... I want to be that. Yeah, you can. I want to be a hodag. Okay. <laughs> a photograph. <laughs> that sounds like what I called my father up years ago. I want to be a hodag. <laughs> Sorry, go. The, so they needed dynamite to kill the beast. A photograph of the... Are they in Minecraft? <laughs> TNT. A photograph of the remains of the charred beast was released to the media, and it was the fiercest, strangest, most frightening monster ever to set razor-sharp claws on the earth. Sorry. Can I just quickly interrupt there? I have already, so it's a bit like... How are they using the dynamite to kill the beast? Like Blow it up. So where is the beast? They went and found it in the forest. And the only way they could do it was with dynamite? That's what they said. Okay. It all becomes clear. Oh. It became extinct after its main food source, all white bulldogs, became scarce in the air. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> oh, God! Some kid's written, you've written this. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> written this, he? No way! I haven't. All white bull, not even bulldogs. Oh, my, kids, my kids are fuzzy eaters. <laughs> but to go, what are you doing? I'm Eat. fucking always all white bulldogs. Eat your There's bulldogs. no difference in the colour of the bulldogs. <laughs> Eat your bulldog. I don't like this one. It's got a spot on its ear. Like brown bulldog. <laughs> Shepard was a prankster and a spendthrift. In one, in one side of his business, a he prankster. sold... Yeah, he was a prankster. This is where it all becomes clear. Okay. He sold perfumed moss through the mail. When he had a creditor knock on his door, he'd stuff a bar of soap in his mouth and he'd laver it up. And then he'd turn around and he'd snarl at people and they'd just run away because they didn't know whether he was rabid or not. But the Hodag story was different. Shepard kept up for years. Shepard claimed to have captured another hodag in 1896. So this is um, three years after he killed the hodag with dynamite. How old was Bert Bacharach at this point? <laughs> can, I, can I just get into one other question before we get too far? I forget what I was going to say. What was his job? A timber cruiser. No, no, that was the other guy, wasn't it? No, it's it all the same like a, guy. Like a spend but you said he sent something through the mail. Oh, yeah, so he, he did the business, but he also sold moss, perfumed moss, which probably, he probably got from the trees. 
It, 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 Fucking some careers in this place, aren't they? I can't trade on the side else sell perfume moss. He was a bit of a... He so I'm not a one-track pony. He did a lot of jobs just to try and get money off people, uh, which is what this whole hodag <laughs> thing is. Okay. So he kept the hodag thing up for years. He captured another one in 1896, and this one was captured alive. He found the hodag, he captured the hodag, he kept the hodag in his barn. People came from all over to see it. Shepard would have a nice suit of clothes and disappear from sight. The commotion would then become horrendous, growling and snarling, snapping and breaking, ripping and tearing. After a minute or two, or three, Shepard would come running back up the stairs with his clothes in tatters. He'd tell the people, I'm really sorry, I can't show you the hodag today. He's just not viewable today. He's angry. Soon, he was making the county fair circuit. His sons worked behind the scenes, making the monster move. Oh, so it's, so he's doing this every day. He hasn't really got one. No. <laughs> They'd get the money back, wouldn't they? Well, he was doing it for years until people realised. So um, his, his sons made it move. He earned up to $500 in a weekend, which means up to 5,000 people were coming to what, see it in a weekend. What year was this? So 1896. So he would be minted. 1896, $500 is like the equivalent like a of like... What? Yeah, yeah. A mill or something. Yeah. Um, and then he kept this whole thing up until a Smithsonian, the Smithsonian sent a reporter to invest, investigate and the invest, uh, the reporter refused to be duped by it um, and he wanted to see evidence and then at that point Shepard had to admit the truth. So the whole hodag thing was just this real man who was a prankster who just went, I'm going to put this in a fair and earn stupid money off it for years he did it. Right. Um, and then the truth came out so I'm guessing he's not very respected anymore Yeah. but from that joke the whole thing still stands so in Wisconsin in Rhinelander they still have the hodag as its mascot for the city and for the high school so when their when their high school plays like football or whatever their mascot is the hodag um, is it one of them please things tell where... me there's a suit yeah there's hodag statues oh tell you what they, they, they take this shit serious yeah so that's that's the that's the statue but um, yeah, so the hodag's a whole thing now. It was discovered in 1893. Obviously, it meant nothing because it was all a lie. Yeah. But um, John F. Kennedy received a replica hodag um, when he went to Rhinelander in 1959. Wow. It is said that he used the beast for inspiration when writing his inaugural address. Probably not true. But yeah. It, 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 sorry, what was that bit? <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was said what? It says on here, it said that he... I've, so I've got this thing... Which is like, what is a hodag? Yeah. It's a whole like diagram, diagram type yeah. thing, and it says all the shit on like each year. So 1967 says the hodag was the third string center for the Green Bay Packers during the Ice Bowl in 1967. I think I think this is having us on. The hodag raised the prize-winning milking goat in 2009 Wisconsin State Fair. I reckon it probably is having us on. It's giving you random stupid facts. Stuff and you're reading them out like they're a thing. <laughs> the hodag smells exactly like a pine-scented car air freshener. Why, why are you still reading them? Yeah, it's, it's you've been memed. Well, read me like, the JFK one again. <laughs> so President John F. Kennedy. Fee, Fee, can you search JFK hodag? President John F. Kennedy received a replica hodag during his trip to Rylander in 1959. See, that sounds like it could be true because that's like yeah, a massive Yeah, the next bit though. It's the bit about the inauguration. It, says, it is said he used the beast for inspiration while writing his inaugural address. Yeah, that's absolute yeah. bollocks if ever I've heard it. 
this guy's CV. Yeah, the hodag thing seems like it's got a bit of weight behind it. Look. A hodag, symbol of Rhineland, is one of the prized possessions of senior John F. Kennedy, who this week was nominated Senator. by the Democratic... What did I say? Senior. Oh, okay. By the thematic... Uh, the miniature hodag was given to Senator and Mrs. Kennedy... Oh, I've said it again, and I? When they... Oh, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good stroke, isn't it? Yeah, that? it did happen. That's all that matters. Right. This guy's CV's mental. I watched your previous employment history when he goes for a job. Well, first of all, I counted trees, then I sold fragranced moss, <laughs> and then I had a pretend hodag that I'd go around. That I gave to fairs, JFK. Fairs, <laughs> making a mill at the weekend. <laughs> Get to JFK. <laughs> anyway, shall we go on to the last story? Yeah. yeah. Should we get this one done? <laughs> well, this is the good one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, like this. Good I meant the episode. He meant the app. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Okay, the last one. Can you remember La Corona? La Corona, yeah. La, 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 Corona. That was one of my favourites. I really liked that one. That was the lady in the lake. No. But this one is in New Mexico. What was La Corona then? It's the one... Um, I don't know. There's a film about it, though. I'll watch the film. So you should know, then. It's the one about the woman who's crying, and you shouldn't go over to her if she's crying, because her she kids, lost her baby. Her kids were, like, drowned by her husband cheated on her. In the lake? No. Her husband cheated on her. She was like the young, beautiful woman and her husband was like, that's who I want to be with. And then as she started to get older, he cheated on her and left her with the kids. And then she drowned her own kids in the lake. Uh, and then she started crying because she killed them. And then she drowned herself. Okay. This one is nothing like that. <laughs> no, it is. It's, uh, it's sounds the same. It's called, it's in New Mexico and it's called La Mala Aura. Right. So both in Spanish or Latin. La Mala Aura relates to the Devil's Hour, a time many know as 3am, and a time at which one may wake suddenly for no perceptible reason with an acute sense of dread wallowing in their stomach. This uncanny hour has been associated with practice of witchcraft, imbued in great satanic significance, and even held accountable for the true story of the Amateurville horror, though residents of Mexico know it as something rather more tangible and far more horrifying. So yeah, La Mala Aura just means the devil's hour. Okay. Now, that's kind of what it is. I'm now going to give you two different stories because there's two different versions of this creature. Okay. So this is the first one. My friend Isabella called me one evening before dinner. She was sobbing as she told me that she and her husband Enrique were getting divorced. He had moved out of the house earlier that day and Isabella was distraught and he said he could be her hero baby (laughs) I called my husband who was on a business trip in Chicago and he agreed that I should go and stay with Isabella for a few days to help her during this difficult time I packed a small suitcase and got right into the car it was late (laughs) right in (laughs) right into the car into the car (laughs) It oh, was... you mean he went straight away? So I thought you meant he got right into it, rather than as you're out in the car, half hanging out on the road. <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant. Yeah, I get it. No, now. I thought you meant yeah. he got right in. Oh, okay. I got right in there and got. 
I packed a small suitcase and got in the car. Car. It was late and it would take me at least four hours to drive from my home to Santa Fe. Isabella was expecting me to arrive around midnight. Mm. As I travelled down the dark, wet highway, I kept feeling chills, as if someone or something was watching me. I kept looking in the rearview mirror and glancing into the back seat. No one was there. Don't be ridiculous, I told myself, wishing that I was home in bed instead of driving on a dark, rainy highway. There was almost no traffic, and I heartily wished that I would soon reach Santa Fe. Just quickly, I've forgotten. Is this a man or a woman writing this? Woman. woman. Okay, carry on. Isabella, isn't it? That's yeah. It. yeah. Sorry, apologies. I turned no, 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 isn't it going to Isabella? No, Enrique's fucked off, so she's gone to get some... Yeah, and Isabella is her friend's name, and Enrique's gone. But this is a woman, because I've just spoken... Well, yeah, I've just spoken to my husband. So she's going to see Isabella. This is She's going to see Isabella. Oh, yeah. I turn off the highway just before I reach the city and started down the side roads that led to Isabella's house. As I approached a small crossroads, I saw a woman step into the street directly in front of my car. I shrieked in fright and slammed on my brakes, praying I would miss her. The car shuddered to a halt, and I looked frantically around for the woman. Then I saw her, right beside my window, looking in at me. She had the face of a demon, twisted eyes glowing red, and short pointed teeth. I screamed as she leapt at my window, her clawed hand striking the glass. I put my foot down on the accelerator and the car leapt forward. For a few terrible moments she ran alongside the car, keeping up easily and striking at me again and again. Then she fell behind, and in the rearview mirror, I could see her growing, taller and taller, until she was as large as a tree. (laughs) Red light swirled around her like mist, and she pointed after me, her mouth moving, though I could not make out the words. I jerked my attention back to the road, afraid what might happen if I ran my car off the street. I made it to Isabella's house in record time and flung myself out of the car, pounding on her door frantically and looking behind me to see if the demon-faced woman had followed me. Isabella came running to the door and let me in. Shut the door, shut it, I cried frantically, brushing past her into the safety of the house. Jane, what's wrong? She asked, slamming the door shut. She grabbed my hand and led me into the living room. I sank onto the couch and started sobbing in fear. After several minutes, I managed to gasp out my story. Isabella gasped and said, Are you sure you were at the crossroads when you saw her? I nodded. I I nodded. I not. That brought me back. That did. That brought me back. <laughs> to what? <laughs> Just to the story. Oh. I, I hear noddle and I'm all for it. <laughs> What'd she do? What would she do? She know she not all he said. <laughs> okay. What time is it? <laughs> Don't worry about the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Back into urban legend mode. Yeah. I nodded, puzzled by her. G- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's been further. Not, not. <laughs> that's, got, that's got the biggest laugh. Oh, the rabbit legends are not meant to get a big laugh. Oh, you keep fucking laugh- laughing at Bert Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> See? Okay. <clears throat> you nodded. I nodded, puzzled by her question. It must have been Lal Mahora, Isabella said, wringing her hands. The bad hour? I asked. This is bad, Jane. Very bad, Isabella cried. 
La Malora only appears at a crossroad when someone is going to die. Ordinarily, I would have just laughed at such superstition, but the appearance of the demon woman had shaken me. Isabella got me a cup of hot cocoa, brought my luggage in from the car and sent me to bed. She was so concerned for me that she didn't even once mention a divorce or Enrique. I felt much better in the morning, but I could not shake the feeling of dread that grew within me all day. Neither of us mentioned Lal Malora, but we were both thinking of her when I told Isabella that I wanted to go home. Isabella insisted on accompanying me. I flatly refused to drive after dark. I was afraid I would see the demon woman again when I passed the crossroad. So we left the next morning and we hadn't been home more than 20 minutes when a police car pulled into my driveway. I knew at once what it meant and so did Isabella. The officer spoke very gently to me, but nothing could soften the news. My husband had been mugged on the way back to his hotel at dinner last night and his body had not been found until this morning. He had been shot in the head and was killed instantly. Wow. And they described it as being mugged. It's a bit, it's a bit worse yeah, than that, isn't it? Got shot in the head. Is that, that went, That's the end of the story. Well, that went Enrique, was it? No, this no, is the, no, this is the storyteller's husband. Right. Were there any guards involved? <laughs> That's my big question. <laughs> Do the guard mug him? I think that's all well and good, but why did we need to know about the Enrique thing? It's just they broke up. It's They're, just part of the story. Yeah, it went part of their part story. Of the but, but it's a showing, side plot, that, wasn't but it? It's showing why she went there in the first place. Right, yeah. okay, to so look after Izzy. Got ya, got ya, got ya, got ya. So that's version one of Lal Malora. <laughs> Yeah. I like the way that the woman, the storyteller, justified it. said, normally I'd be absolutely fine, but I was a little bit shaken up by the fucking devil woman at the crossroad who grew to the size of a fucking tree. tree. That was, the, was that why you were shook up? Thanks for clarifying that. For yeah, us. normally thought, it'd be a smooth ride. Be fine, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was that. That really was the big thing that impacted my day. <laughs> so I'll give, you, I'll give you one more little thing about the creature, and then we'll do the final story, and then... We will end this episode. Here we go. So in Chiapas, the southernmost state of Mexico, they tell of La Malaora or La Malora or La Malogra. She usually appears as a beautiful long-haired woman dressed in white, walking along the side of the road at night. Men who encounter her are so taken aback by her beauty... They shout, get your rat out. <laughs> Burba, correct. <laughs> Men who encounter her are so taken aback by her beauty and seductive ways that they follow her mindlessly with no heed to where she's leading them. It's a bit rapey. Uh, Come on, men. Don't follow women you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the lucky few who have met La Malaora and lived to tell the tale say that while they were following her, they lost their sense of direction. If they carried a lamp, it would suddenly stop working. Luckily, these fellows noticed that the lovely lady they had been following floated rather than walked. Or they noticed that... Hmm? She was a gar. <laughs> Tell me she was a fucking gar. <laughs> or, or they noticed that her toes were on backwards. <laughs> what do you mean? Like at the back of her feet? Or oh. upside down? It's all explained. I, I want to know if it's a normal so foot. Yeah, normal foot with the toes yeah. flipped or whether the toes are at the heel. I can tell or you Whether they're on the inside outwards. Guys, I like, searched this. Oh, big, yeah. big toes in the middle. Oh, no, that's maybe what it's to that. Be. Big toes yeah. on the outside going into yeah. the toes. Maybe it's that because I searched this so much yeah. because I found a few different versions of the story and all of them mentioned these backwards toes. Oh. Cannot find any images of it. I think it's, they're going from... Big toe on the outside to little toes in the inside. Backwards toes. Fiona, can you search Lamala Aura feet or toes? I did try, I promise. I would have loved to have been able to show you. What's that? But you can't see. It's always like shoes that. Shoes on. She's got shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> I 
fuck. You think if they're going to paint it, they'd do it without the shoes on? Yeah. That's, they that's, also didn't know how to do a backwards feet. Look at that right? little knob foot. <laughs> <laughs> look at that little knob foot. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let's carry Get on. Get that off. Get that off. Okay. <laughs> so they basically noticed that she was either floating rather than walking or that her toes were on backwards. Right. Those poor victims who don't look down at Lamala Aura's feet will follow her to their doom as she leads them over the edge of a ravine. And if you see Lamala Aura on the road dressed in black, then look out. She is far fiercer and more aggressive in her black-clad form. So that's kind of the two forms. We kind of got like the black-clad kind of one in the first story, didn't we? Because yeah. she was she formed into this massive tree and stuff. Mm. So th- here's another story, and then we can finish. Oh, you're right. Have some confidence. A man from Motozintla had a girlfriend in Amatenango. One night, as he was on his way to visit her, he ran into a woman on the road. She looked like his girlfriend. Since you were coming to see me, I came out to meet you, she said. I've bought all of my things. Let's run away together. Are you serious? The man asked. He couldn't believe his luck. But then he looked at the woman more closely and he saw that her toes were on backwards. No. No. Oh, that's a sign in it. Yeah. I always got to check that. Yeah. You're not my Remember girlfriend. That, lads, when you're on Tinder. Yeah. Ask for a... Ask for toe pics. Yeah. <laughs> you're not my girlfriend, he said. Of course I am, she said. Now, let's go before my father finds us. The man insisted that she lied, but she denied it. No, you don't fool me. And the man slipped a blindfold on the woman and began to hit her until she ran away. <laughs> Sorry, mate, what? She ran the wrong way, though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fucking moonwalk. Her legs run apart. <laughs> <laughs> the next Sorry, day. He slipped a blindfold. Why has he got a blindfold? Yeah. Don't know. He... He just this guy's just following women down the street with, with a blindfold, blindfold in his pocket. This guy is a sex offender. Yeah. <laughs> He's made up this story to try and cover up what he was doing. <laughs> so he hit her until she began to run away. The next day, the man got a needle and then went to the priest and had it blessed. That night, he walked the road of Amatanango again. He ran into Lamala Muha on the way, again posing as his girlfriend, and this time he pretended that he believed her. They ran away together, and after some time they arrived at a little glen where they stopped to rest. The man pretended to feel romantic and leaned over to embrace his girlfriend. As they sat down, he slipped the blessed needle beneath her without her noticing. The needle stuck her to the spot and she couldn't get back up. Then the man left and went back for the priest. When they returned after dawn, Lamala Muha was still there. With her hair streaming all around her, the priest told the man to hit her with a branch while the priest prayed. What kind of a priest is this, by the way? He goes, and can you, give, can you bless this needle so I can stick a woman to it? He goes, yep, no worries, mate. Oh, what should I do now, does. Father? Yeah, I'm going to pray you hit her with, with a, a branch. branch. Just as the priest began his prayers and the man raised his branch, the woman vanished. And that's the end. <laughs> right, let's dissect that. It's bollocks. <laughs> I mean, it's just bollocks, isn't it? He's a, he's a sex offender who was following women home with a blindfold. And a and needle. The priest was involved, probably, and they've all made this shit up. Yeah, he should be on a list. If this happened now, he should be on a list. Yep. Yeah. 100% sex offender. Yep. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. right? I thought you were about to say, yeah, actually he was a sex offender. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's that. 
Oh, fuck me. I just like the stories that go along with them. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible, but they're funny. Do you need to rate that one? I mean, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> there are like three stories that weren't the same. I'll give it four and two. I just can't be asked. Two, <laughs> two and four. Just <laughs> doing the opposite. Shall we, shall we leave it there? I think it's probably the best. What, Urban Legends as a whole, or...? <laughs> I mean, I'd say we'll do a poll, but one, we'll never bother even doing the poll. And two, we know what the answer's going to be. There's always going to be, we're desperate, aren't we? We have to go, we should make Stevie do another Urban Legends. <laughs> we're only halfway for America. Oh, oh no. fuck. I, I'll tell you some of the Urban Legends that I really liked. Okay. My favourite one was Walking Sam. Yep. That was the best one. Because I think we, I really liked the imagery that he was Slender Man's cousin. And when we found out that like Slender Man got the, got his own game and that Walking Sam was fucked, he didn't he couldn't commercialize. Okay, it. yeah, you liked one because it had nothing to do with what it was actually about. Yeah, Rougarou, I like just because yeah. it was a festival. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, there was another one I liked, mini and it was washer, Mini Washer. Mini Washer too. Yeah, Boo Hags. I like the Boo Hags. Oh, Boo Hags is one of my favorites. They were slags, weren't they? Weren't what? they? They were, they were like slaggy old women or something, weren't they? They went and su- sucked the soul out of men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we we <laughs> cracked the code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's been a few good ones, just not today. Yeah, but said, look, not everyone has good days at the office. It's not, your, it's not up to you anyway. This is the thing, that don't get offended. They're not your stories, unless you wrote one. Did you write one? No, I didn't. Okay, then you're fine. Yeah. This has been Jack Mate's Happy Hour podcast, Urban Legends. Stick around this month for more spooky stuff. Or for some spooky stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Robbie, any final words? Yes, I can't think of a gar pun, so no, not really. <laughs> Simon and gar uncle. Yep. Yeah, I think we've taken it too, gar, so we'll leave it there. See you in a few days. Bye. Jack Mate's Happy Hour. Jagmate's Happy Hour is a Stack Production.